0: the church this morning is under attack by the world and by the world's church and a few Sundays ago I don't know whether they taped that sermon or not I brought to your attention about how some folks felt about the literal interpretation of the Word of God. There are all kinds of damnable heresies, and these are only fulfilling of the prophecy of Timothy. Paul's writing when he writes to Timothy, saying that in the last days... There should be doctrines of devils, seducing spirits, seducing spirits. Those spirits don't come to seduce people outside of the church of the living God. They come to seduce you. These seducing spirits are coming today to tell you we should not obey the word of God as a literal thing. These seducing spirits are coming to you today to tell you I cannot believe that some folks have absolutely uh, tried to back me up in the corner recently on trying to prove that the church started in the book of Acts. The ignorance of people today surpasses my ability to understand you can go to the Bible bookstore down here on Main Street or you could order from our headquarters commentaries as of today we don't have any oneness writers writing commentaries as of yet today that I know of but every Trinitarian writer that writes commentaries, will show you clearly how the church started in the book of Acts. Praise God. What I'm saying is, ignorance is an unwillingness to learn, and through its profoundity, it's not a shame today to speak out. But it'll declare itself boldly and try to seduce you. And I'm trying to say today, God help us in our study this morning, that the church of the living God gets this down deep in their soul. Praise God. We're going to start in the second book of Acts this morning, reading verses 1 through 4. And when the day of Pentecost was fully come, everybody say fully come. come. This is when God's time of bringing Pentecost to its fullness, that's why it says it that way. They were all with one accord in one place. Somebody said, Brother Elder, don't you know that this was the 50th day's reason why I said fully come? yeah but it never said that before, and they'd had many fifty day Pentecost before this one. <clears throat> suddenly, there came from came a sound from heaven as of a rushing mighty wind. And it filled all the house where they were sitting. And there appeared unto them cloven tongues like as a fire, and it sat upon each of them. And they were all filled with the Holy Ghost and began to speak with other tongues, not as they skinned their knee or tidied their shoe or shunned their eye but as the spirit gave the utterance. I'm glad for the real Holy Ghost today. Satan may have his appearance of and his likeness of but in the midst of all the deception there's the real genuine. Hallelujah. Praise God. And if you seek for it, you'll get the real genuine. If you search for it, you'll get the real genuine. And this said, as God gives the utterance. Hallelujah. Amen. Amen. Do you believe the spirit is God? Then it was God that gave the utterance. Praise God. Hallelujah. Let's pray and ask God to minister to us this morning. Jesus Christ, in thy name this morning, we ask, Lord, that you, God, would proclaim thyself among your people this morning. And Lord, that as we break the bread of heaven, that each flesh eat thy word this morning, praise God. Lord, that it would be in their mouth, Lord, bitter, but to their inward parts it would become sweet, nourishing to the soul. Oh God, this morning we declare the wondrous works of God through thy spirit and by thy divine appointment in Jesus' name, praise God, praise God. I asked the Lord to get me up early this morning. He had a strange way of doing it, but he did it anyhow. Praise God. You may be seated. ought not ever ask God to do anything you don't want him to do so this morning I have prepared quite a few overlays for us this morning and We will work till I feel like I have completed this morning what the Lord wants you to see and know this morning. How many of you can see that out there? Can you see that clearly back there, Sister Grubbs? Good. Good praise the Lord. I tried to make the writing bigger. I also tried to buy a bigger screen this week. Things are hard to find. Y'all pray. We're going to do a lot of overhead teaching in the future. I want to do overhead teaching because the Bible, or not the Bible, but scholars say what man sees they retain more of than what they do if they hear. And somehow or another we want this to get in your hearts. Amen. How many of you want this in you? Now this morning I'm going to preach on the church. In the second book of Acts, the church begins. The church is founded in Acts 1 through 5. And of course, there's quite a sermon between 5 and uh, 20, verse 20, 24, 24. And then there is quite an altar service beginning in verse 37. It really starts in 36. And then there's the commission to be saved in verse 38. That is, Peter said unto them, "Repent, and be baptized every one of you in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sin. You shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost." Now, without this, you're not saved. Sorry, you mad at me? Sorry. All right, now stay with me the rest of the service. Maybe you'll learn something. Praise God. This is where the New Testament church begins. And somebody says, well, what if we don't want to be a New Testament church? You're not a church at all then. Amen. You're just, I'm going to show you what you are. How many of you want to know what you are if you're not the real church? I'm going to show you this morning what you really are if you're not the real church. I don't have time to show you all that you really are, but I'm going to give you a glimpse of what you really are if you're not the real church this morning, and then if you'd like for me to take you in detail on that, I'll take you through a doctrinal teaching of Nimrod's church and how it grows from the book of Genesis, the 11th chapter, until you see it today. Amen. Amen. Now, <clears throat> the birth of the church. First of all, we want to find out what the root meaning of church is. And the root meaning of church means that is simply the Lord's. Somebody said, well, I thought the word church meant call out ones, you stay with me. When I get through with you this morning, I'll show you it, it is call out ones. Praise God. But it would not be a church this morning if it was not the Lord's. So it, the root meaning of the church is simply the Lord's. Now, there are two churches in the Bible In the word of God, there are two churches in your life. You are confronted with the Babylonian church every day of your life. The false church is the Babylonian church. We are hearing something today that you have not really heard much before. I'm gonna tell you something, folks. How many of you have heard something about the Super Bowl lately? Huh? Man, how can you keep from hearing about it? They've got Super Bowl this and Super Bowl that. It's a miracle they haven't been knocking on the door and trying to sell you women Super Bowls for salad or something. Maybe with that idea I could make a million dollars. I should have tried it out. Amen. What are you saying, Brother Elder? Hey, man, I heard a guy on the radio the other day that had this tape. They come to me this week trying to sell me something for business that will get me business. They tried to sell me this thing for $500, this tape calls 7,000 people in this city every day for six months for me and reminds them that I'm in business roofing and they claim that I'll get more business off of that thing than I ever thought of out of any type of printed ad because it calls them every day. It drills it in their head. They don't like it. They can hang up, but it's a machine talking. You can't hurt its feelings. Praise God. And uh, this guy was so elated he got a Super Bowl ticket that he got, he paid that much money for one of those things to call 300 people every day to tell him he got a Super Bowl ticket. Not to bother him on the day of the Super Bowl because hurrah, hurrah, he'd be gone at the bowl. Now, I'm going to show you something. I'm not just trying to be funny here this morning. We're returning so close again to paganism that if the Lord does not come pretty soon, this world is loving things of sports activity so much that you are going to be their favorite sport pretty soon. Just like the early church. And there was a Babylonian false church then and it is still in existence yet. Now they're getting bold enough that you're beginning to hear something we have not heard. I've never heard this until recently. We do not believe in the Judeo type of religion. If they do not believe in the Judeo type of religion, then what kind of religion do they believe in? Okay, we could say Babylon and it is babbling. We could say pagan and we're half right and half wrong. But what they're simply saying is we don't want to be like Israel. And we don't want Israel's laws applied to us. And when they say we don't want Israel's laws applied to us, they're saying we don't believe in the Bible. Amen. Amen. They're saying we will accept the Roman way of Christianity. We will accept the Grecian's way of Christianity. We want nothing to do with the Hebrews' way of Christianity. Yet they tell you they're serving Jesus Christ. And I'm going to say which Jesus Christ are they serving? They're serving another Christ. They are not serving the risen Savior that I serve today. Now, so then there is the Hebrew word church. There is the Babylonian false church, which is Rome or pagan, and which is worse is Greece. Now... My son brought this to my attention recently. Rome conquered Greece, but in reality, Greece conquered Rome. What are you saying about that? The Roman soldiers conquered Greece, but the theology, theological thinking of the Grecians conquered Rome. Now, in the Greek, the word church means ecclesia, which means an assembly. When we look at the word assembly, it means gathered out company. gathered out company it means having a certain qualification it means being committed to certain works it means the welfare of others now let me tell you something we have many today that are in church this morning that have all of that That would not make up the Lord's church. A gathered out company could be a bunch of worldly women and a bunch of worldly men for a worldly purpose. And they could look like they are very wonderful people because they have high intellectual diplomacies you know i'm not down on education but i'm going to tell you something your high diploma don't mean nothing to my holy ghost My Holy Ghost is smarter than your nine years of college. My speech may not be as beautiful as your vernacular, but it's not, son, what comes out of the mouth. It's what's in the heart. They are committed to certain works. And if you knew, just by studying this morning, I accidentally flipped over to the J-suits in the dictionary, and I began to read what the J-suits were in the dictionary. They are dedicated people to destroying you and I. They are the army of the popes. That's who they are. And they are committed to certain works. That is to you Protestant women who are pregnant to rip your belly open and throw your baby up against a wall. I have their documents in my desk. I know what I'm talking about. They are dedicated to certain works. That don't make them Christians. We have a storm, the Mennonites move in, they cut up your trees, they rebuild your house, they paint your barn. It really did a lot for your soul, didn't it? Makes people a Mennonite. Makes them put a little hat on their head and stockings on their legs. Amen. They're dedicated to certain works They're looking out for the welfare of others. The church world today has become the greatest humanism organ of the earth and let me tell you something the church world was the greatest humanism organ when Jesus Christ came to earth and he was always preaching against it and always telling it it was so far from his word it was so far from his father it was so far from the purpose for which it was created You say, you think it's bad to buy a bag of groceries for somebody, Brother Elder? No. I don't think it's bad to buy a bag of groceries for somebody, especially if you know they're hungry. But I think it's bad for that person that gets a groceries, thanks you, owe it to them all the time. Amen. I tell you what, <laughs> we had a woman come to this church one time, and uh, she told us she was out of groceries, and Sister Luann normally takes care of that for me but don't worry before she'll bring you groceries she calls me anymore. So I just thought I'd let you know. And uh, I called Sister Luann I said I hear this woman needs groceries we're going to take up a little grocery shower, send her some groceries so we did. And a couple weeks later she got a hold of Sister Luann and let her know we was out of groceries again and so she wrote up a grocery list and she had steaks and quite a few other things on that grocery list. And Sister Lou Ann called me up and said, Brother Elder, I didn't know we were supposed to buy all this stuff. I said, buy all what stuff? And uh, she showed me all the steaks and things that was on that grocery list. And I said, "Uh, tear it up and throw it in the wastebasket. Better go find her a job. The work of the church... Is not grocery stores and building your house and painting your bone, barns. The fact is, you haven't caught on the vision of the church if that's what you think it is. Amen. Now, let me go on here. The Hebrew word meant the peculiar people. The church is a peculiar people, and I am tired today of Pentecostal, United Pentecostal preachers so full of pride that they're getting up today in the pulpits throughout our country, conferences, and everywhere else, and trying to say that word peculiar doesn't mean strange. You know why they're saying that? Because they're trying to reach the wealthy. They're trying to reach the intellectuals. I'm here to tell you that word peculiar means what it says. Why do you use the word peculiar if it is not peculiar? So I turned to Webster's Dictionary And uh, I wanted to see what holy was because, you see, holy is peculiar. And so I turned to see what he said it was and Webster said that holy was that which was set apart to the service of worship of deity. And in this case, our case, deity is Jesus Christ. The deity we serve, the deity we worship, is Jesus Christ. He is my God this morning. Hallelujah. Now, so then I went on and said to make hallowed or to make sacred, to free from defilement to free from a sinful affections to be pure in heart to be embodying to embody spiritual perfection acceptable to God Pentecostals just say separated let me ask you something in this day and age Would you say to be pure in heart is peculiar? Would you say in this day to be free from defilement is peculiar? The churches today are not preaching to be Free from sinfulness, but even in Pentecost, they're preaching the damnable doctrine of the Baptist that everybody has to sin a little bit. I don't believe you have to sin. I believe that if you're full of God and you have Christ's spirit dwelling within, you can live above sin. Amen. I wonder how many of you believe you can live above sin. Amen. I believe we should live above sin. Amen. Praise God. I seen three boys teaching, teasing each other on my roof so bad yesterday. If you've seen that in the world, there's been a fist fight going on. I said, my goodness, I'm not getting involved in this, and the other three fellas didn't get involved in it either. Them was brothers the teaching, teasing each other, and it's just best to leave brothers alone. Me and Tom understand each other, but you wouldn't understand me and Tom, or Tom and I, I should say. Hallelujah. We know how to tease each other, but <clears throat> you get in on it, you might not understand It, it might get your little feelings hurt. Hallelujah. What are you saying, Brother Elder? I'm saying I believe we live a life above sin. I don't believe in a little wine for the stomach's sake. My stomach was upset this morning, very upset this morning. And so I went to the store and got some milk and I left the wine alone. Somebody said, well, Brother Ellie, you probably couldn't find any wine this early in the morning. I beg your pardon. I got a jug of it in my office. And I don't never take any nips off of it. And it doesn't bother me. To me, it's holy wine, untouchable at any time, except during communion. Hallelujah. 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 It is quite a talk conversational piece, though. Some of my preaching friends come, and I pull that jug out and set it up on the shelf, and they get to talking. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Makes quite a conversational piece. Praise God. Yeah, and if you're not really saved, it can give you some wicked imaginations too, can't it? Hallelujah. Falsely accusing your brothers. Hello. Hello. Now, you know what is terrible about us Pentecostals just saying a separated life? Because when I say separated to you, it doesn't very often mean too much. Separated from what? Come on. Separated from what? Well, we say separated from sin, but we need to be separated from more than sin. How about being separated from ourselves? Huh? What about being a son of Christ? For those that are led by the Spirit are the sons of God. Amen. And unless you're separated from yourself, you're having a hard time being a son of God. Amen. Hello? This is more than just separated from sin. Praise God. Wait till you get through with this. No, 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 I want you up there. You're going to get me mixed up. Praise God. Now, when we go to talking about separated, there's only one thing that makes us separated. There's only one thing that makes us different than the rest of the world, and that is the Holy Ghost. Without the Holy Ghost, we are none of His. Without the Holy Ghost, we are not saved. Without the Holy Ghost, we do not have the power over sin. We don't have it. Amen. You don't have it, and I don't have it. Fact is, this week I got to doing some things that was quite carnal. And I said, hey, you need to get yourself down and pray. You need to go do what you've been telling other folks to do. Praise God. You see, every one of us need to be renewed in the Holy Ghost. Renewed in the Holy Ghost. That's a little different than what I'm fixing to say here. Now, in Matthew 1 and 18, Joseph was trying to figure out how to get rid of Mary. He had a pregnant girlfriend on his his hands. And there's nothing any more embarrassing than a pregnant girlfriend, especially if you know you didn't do it. Boy, it's quiet in here. Well, that was Joseph's problem. He was running around with a pregnant girlfriend and he knew he hadn't done it. And the law said stone her to death but he didn't want to see her killed. And he was trying to figure out how to get out of this deal because if she'd get pregnant without him doing it for he married her, he figured she'd probably do it after he got married to her. And uh, he was trying to figure out how to get out of this deal when all of a sudden the angels come to talk to him and said, she is not pregnant by another man, she's pregnant by God. (laughs) <laughs> I know what most men in uh, this world would do today. Uh yeah? You think you're going to make me believe that? <clears throat> Praise God. I guarantee you'd be rough on me if my wife come in and told me she's pregnant by God. <laughs> Even God would have a hard time... Telling me she got pregnant by him. I'm a pretty stubborn old headed thing. Amen. Praise God. If I knew God was really telling me, I believe I'd believe it. But since it's already happened, I don't think I have to worry about it. Praise God. I'm just trying to show you a little bit the predicament Joseph was in. And he said, Now, she's pregnant, but this thing that this baby she's carrying, it's my son. He's going to redeem the world. And he's going to save his people from... He's going to save his people from... He's going to make his people different than any other people that's ever lived on this earth. You know, I don't get any amens in here. And you know, this really worries me. It makes me to know there's a whole lot of people in here don't know the word of God like they say they do. That's right. They don't know the Word of God like they say they do. Because if they knew the Word of God like they say they did, we'd be in one mind and one accord this morning. He said, I'm going to save them from their sins, not his sins, their sins. And no time did he ever say that to any other people. Amen. Say, so what about the Old Testament? The Old Testament has nothing to do with us. John 14 and 20, Jesus said and saying, You will not be like Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, and the prophets, or your father David. Now let's read John 14 and 20 and let's find out why we would write such a thing down. Jesus said in St. John 14 and 20 but in that day ye shall know what I I am in my father and ye in me and I in you it was his father that was in him And he said before this is over with, you'll know that I'm in my father. And you'll know I'm in you. And there's nobody,
1: including Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, David, or the prophets can ever say that.
0: Nobody can ever say it. At that day, when he said at that day, it was an appointed day. At that day was the day of Pentecost when my deceased spirit will come into you. You know, the Lord gave me the answer this morning to some of the things that some of you folks try to hit me up with when I tell you that there was no such thing as the Holy Ghost in the Old Testament. Somebody comes up here and said, didn't you read in Second Peter 1 and 21 that the prophets of the old wrote the Bible as they was moved upon by the Holy Ghost? I did read that. And I read it real clear. Now it's your turn to read it and read it real clear. Amen. It did not say as the Holy Ghost Moved in them, it said, as it moved on them. It was the same Spirit that caused Christ to come. It was the same Spirit that caused Christ to go. It was the same Spirit that came back on the day of Pentecost and abideth within. In an actuality of Jesus Christ is God and he is. It was Jehovah's spirit all the time. Hallelujah. Praise God. And never before, I said never, not in Abraham, not in Isaac, not in Jacob, not in David, not in one of the prophets was there a day coming like this. What are you saying, Brother Elder? I'm saying their lives were lives of faith and renewal. That's all their lives were dedication to God, faith in His Word, and renewing themselves in His Word and having faith in his word. That's all their lives were. It should be a part of ours. But don't let nobody kid you, the letter killeth, the spirit maketh alive. Very few made it through that area faithful. The patriarchs of the church Now, let me tell you something. You read, you say, well, I don't believe that. Well, then what do you think the 11th chapter of the book of Hebrews is all about? The faith chapter. You better read it real close. And then, when you close out the 11th chapter of the book of Hebrews, it said they were not made perfect without us. we had something to do to bring them into perfection. Hallelujah. We're not desecrating them in the fact that all they had was faith and renewal because they had faith and renewal because that's all there was for them to have. But when the Holy Ghost came, it was the completeness of God's plan in the earth which only added to them and brought fulfillment to the whole plan and desire and will of God which made that which came after them perfect unto the comers. Hallelujah. 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 Praise God. That's the reason why I can reach back to Abraham and draw strength. And David and draw strength. And I can say if he could do this without the Holy Ghost, I know I can sure do it with it. Amen. Amen. Praise God. Now in St. John Jesus said I will be in you. In St. John 14 and 20 what is he saying? I will be in you. I will be in you. The ghost. The spirit. The deceased part of me. Will be in you. Somebody say how you know it's in you. How do you know the wind blowed this morning. That's how I know he's in me. Well I could feel it blowing. That's how I know he's in me. I can feel him talking. I can feel him in my soul this morning and plus I have evidence he came it's more than a feeling this is not just a central thing there's a word of God to back it up to give you assurance and foundation hallelujah now he said I will be in you Saint John 3 and 7 Jesus said ye must be born again you must start He didn't tell Abraham, you have to start over again. He didn't tell David, you have to start over again. He just sent David a little old prophet down there, told him a little old story and said, you're the one. David went in there and fell down repented and asked God to forgive him. kept on walking in the faith that he was walking in. A lot of us need to learn that lesson. Amen. But I'm gonna tell you something. The Lord gave us power above the flesh that David didn't have. We can look on David's ear and say, yeah, he should've been out there in the battlefield and he should've. There's a lot of places we should've been, amen. Now when he said you must be born again, it meant you have to start a new life. You have to start a new life. A brand new life. Let's see what I've got. This one got me messed up. <clears throat> When he was talking to the disciples and telling them they had to start a brand new life, that's exactly what he meant. The 120 in Acts 1, 13 through 15. How many of you ever read that? How many of you know who's there? There was not a renewing of faith by... A, You see, they didn't go up in there and say, we're going to renew our vows to Christ. They did not go up in there and say, we're going to stay here and consecrate ourselves to the things that he told us. Until they be endued with power, the Holy Ghost. Amen. Amen. Acts 1 and 8. But ye shall receive power. When? When are you going to get power? After. After the Holy Ghost. A guy come up to me and said, I'm called to preach. I said, go sit down. You don't have nothing to preach. He was mad and upset. He said, what do you mean? I don't have nothing to preach. I said, you don't even have the Holy Ghost. He said, can't you preach without it? I said, you could, but you don't have nothing to preach. Bible said you'll receive power after the Holy Ghost comes on you what are you going to preach before you get it hallelujah a lot of folks got an itch praise God better find out what you're scratching before you hurt some other people with your raw fingernails Amen. Hallelujah. Ye shall receive power after that the Holy Ghost has come upon ye, and ye shall be witnesses unto me. Where? In Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and then we get started to the uttermost parts of the earth. And the Bible fulfilled it in that order. And we'll come to you later on in these series of lessons. And I was shocked as I studied in the book of Acts to find out that Peter is not the first preacher to the Gentiles. Praise God. Hallelujah. Praise God. Now. He did not tell them to go up there and renew, but he told them, you have to have a complete new birth. You have to be born again of water and of spirit. Where's that found at, Brother Elder? In the book of St. John. You've got to be born, the book of St. John 3 and 7. You've got to be born again. The book of St. John 3 and 5, man must be born again of water and of spirit. Somebody said that don't mean baptism, that means your mother's womb. I'm sorry, you're wrong, you're off track. It means baptism. And there is birth of the water, and I can't compare these two lessons together today and get it across to you, but I can definitely prove to you that you are born in the water. Hallelujah. Praise God. And you are born in the Spirit. Hallelujah. And, and Jesus said, unless you are born of water, that means somewheres you had to die. So therefore you die in baptism. Amen. For we are buried with Him. Praise God. However, we don't only stay dead I mean, that little girl I baptized the other night, she acted like I was going to leave her in there. (laughs) Can't remember which one it was. I baptized two little girls lately. Praise God. She got scared and let go of me, and I lost her in the tank. And I even thought for a second I was going to leave her in there. And I grabbed her little head and pulled it up and got a hold of her by the shoulders. Praise God. Hallelujah. (laughs) We don't just bury them around here. They rise a new creature. Born of the water. They rise a new creature in Christ Jesus. Hallelujah. But it doesn't stop there. You can't stop with just being baptized in Jesus name. You've got to be filled with. With the baptism of the Holy Ghost. Why is that brother elder? What's the use of getting cleaned up. If you're not going to get something that keeps you from getting dirty. Come on. The Holy Ghost is what keeps us from getting dirty. The water is what cleans us up. The more Holy Ghost you have, the less you have to worry about getting dirty. The less Holy Ghost you have, the easier it be to get dirty. You people in Hutchison better pray through and pray through and pray through and pray through and, pray through and, pray through and get closer to God because Hutchison surely must be the most gossiping city in the U.S.A. there are more lies even my sister-in-law will tell you that she just moved from from uh, Oklahoma down here and it's pitiful the way you have to keep a job in this town whether you're a male or a female running down the lies and rumors told about you and in you in those and all kind of things amen Amen. No, I'm not talking about just because you're a Christian either. They'll lie on you for all kinds of reasons. To get your job because they're scared of their jobs. Amen. Biggest bunch of gossiping devils i ever seen anywhere i ever walked at. And feel that spirit when I walk in this town. Lying. Look at all the lying people out there on them streets about me. Did you know some of these devils a few years ago till I met them head on was telling folks before this church ever got started that I was having sex relationship with every female in the church. They thought every female in the church was a dumb, stupid person. Lying devils. Amen. Amen. Yeah, yeah, when I worked for the city, they was telling that. I met them devils head on and shut their mouths up. I told them, you don't produce, you're going to go downtown, and I'm going to collect your paychecks. That's right, just as soon as they make money, I'll take it for telling them damn the Bible said don't take your brother to court that ain't my brother you better learn something that's not my brother hallelujah praise God now he said I want you to get this You have to start all over again. A brand new birth. We need a brand new birth around here. Of the Holy Ghost and a revival. How many of you believe it? In Matthew 16 and 18, Upon this rock, I will build upon this rock. Now when he said rock, he was not talking about the Pope Peter. he did not have the first pope in mind he had a foundation in mind somebody said well what was his foundation brother elder are you ready to find out what his foundation was are you ready to find out what his foundation was he said upon this foundation i will build My church, my ecclesia, my assembly. Upon this foundation, upon what foundation? That thou art the Christ, the son of the living God. Thou art the savior of mankind. Thou art the deliverer of mankind. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Praise God. Now, he didn't just leave us there with all this. He meant that thou art the called out ones. Who are the called out ones?
1: Them that are in me. Them that I am in. They are my ecclesia. They are my
0: church. They are my assembly. I don't care if you have a building at 17th and Huxman and you have a sign out there and you come in here, if you are not in him and he is not in you, it is not his ecclesia.
1: It is not his church. He said these signs... Shall follow them that believe. In my name. They're my ecclesia. In my name. I'm the head. They're going to cast out devils. They're going to be baptized in my name. They're going to speak in my language. Hallelujah. They're going to heal in my name. They're going to cast devils out in my name. They are my ecclesia. They are my church. This is the foundation on which I will build my church.
0: I'm going back to it. I'm going back to it. I don't know where I throw it at. Somewhere's over here in this pile. But I'm going back to it this morning. Hallelujah. I want you to know having a certain qualification, I believe that Jesus Christ's disciples had certain qualifications. And I don't believe that they got them. I don't believe he wrote them out a diploma for it either. I heard some things about seminary the other day. And I said, thank God I never did get stuck in one of them. They coming out of there today, 98% of them do not believe in the virgin birth. Eighty-some percent of them do not believe that the Bible is the inspired Word. I said 80-some percent. I think it's 89 percent do not believe that the Bible is the inspired Word of God. What are you saying? It is an ecclesia, but it is not. Here's Ecclesia.
1: It is the Grecian and the Romans Ecclesia. It is a pagan church. Amen. It is the false church. It is this world's Babylon. And they do, they are committed to certain works, and that is to destroy the church, us. Amen. They're out there preaching that God don't heal anymore.
0: There's a big row in Cincinnati, Ohio, this week I was listening to the talk show And these parents were trusting God to heal their boy of cancer. And the judge took the child away from him for child abuse and had his arm amputated and cut way up into his shoulders, disfigured his whole body because his parents was trusting God.
1: There's an attack all out against your faith. They have certain works. They have committed themselves to certain works. And that is to destroy you and to destroy your faith. There are seducing spirits that are coming at you from every angle. You better get on your knees and pray and get the unadulterated Word of God deep down in your soul. This is a war today between the church world and God's church.
0: They don't believe in the word of God. All they want to do is go around taking up collections for somebody that won't work. Boy, you really down on that, aren't you, Brother Elder? Let me tell you something. You better get to learning something. Rome fell when all they wanted to do was have sex play. Monday is supposed to be known as a preacher's day off. I guess we're like barbers. Saturday's one of our busy days. But Monday is known as a preacher's day off. And uh, every once in a while I try to be a preacher and take Monday off. I said every once in a while, when's the last time you had a Monday off? I don't know. Don't remember ever having a Monday off. It's been so long ago. Must have been when we went to California. <clears throat> But sometimes I take a Monday off and go to the lake to go fishing. And I figure when I get down there on Monday, you know, everybody be on job working. And I can enjoy myself fishing. And when I get down there, the whole bank's full. Lines in the water everywhere. And a fellow says, what do you do for a living? Oh, I'm a preacher. What are you doing? Oh, I'm on Social Security. So what are you doing? Oh, I'm on welfare. What are you doing? Oh, I'm on retirement. You gotta admit one thing: yesterday's generation built it up so today's generation can think about not working instead of working. Why, our kids today, one of the main things they say, you think I'm going to take a job like that? I? I ain't take no job like that. Get your hands dirty. I don't think you have to get your hands dirty. And they wonder why they have to live off of mom and dad till they're 35. Bless God, some of us got tired of living under mom and dad. We went out and got our own house and paid the rent. Amen. I don't like it when you preach like this. I bet you don't. Especially if you don't like to work. Praise God. I'm tell you something. God is not the author of a lazy person. And I'm tell you something. If you don't have enough guts to get out there and work, don't you get out there and tell me you're called to preach. Preaching to kill you. If you think this is an easy job, you just don't even know what's going on. I mean, there's been days and days and days lately I haven't slept over all of the things I'm not getting done instead of getting done. Amen. You don't have to worry about work. You can sit dead still in your living room and the telephone will put you to work. Amen. I was sitting there last night relaxing, reading the book of Acts. Studying the book of Acts for you. Almost midnight last night. The telephone went off. I thought, oh, God, I hate to answer that phone this late at night. I wonder what's on that thing now. Hello? Thank God it was just a pesky neighbor that wanted to whistle at me. My little Sarah fixed him up. He blows and whistles at us on that phone all the time. She called him by name one day and said, Oh, I appreciate that, that you think I'm so cute. (laughs) I was hoping his wife was listening. She'd have probably knocked him in the head. She's so jealous. Praise God. My Ecclesia. Now, I want you to get a hold of this this morning. When you say the church to the Grecians it doesn't mean to them what it means to the Hebrews. Now folks, we're very much Grecians this morning. Didn't get one amen, but it's a fact. We're thinkers. One feller said that's one way of saying it, the other one is we're stinkers. But we're thinkers. The fact is we think too much and do too little. Hello. We need to be more doers than we are thinkers. Amen. Amen. And there's a lot of the Grecians in us. Sit down and read the Bible, you know, and it says, says
1: and anything you ask in my name, I will do it.
0: You say, Huh, I wonder how he could do that if I ask him, and you start sitting there and try to be God for a while, and you say, Now, if I ask him, would he do it this way or would he do it that way, and uh, let's see how he's going to do it, and he's starting all this grecian junk you know, and Romanism and all this uh false church junk
1: that's in us when all he wanted was like a baby say daddy please and he would because you ask it was too simple we had to make it hard
0: trying to be adults Hello? Hello? To the Grecians, church is just a type of religion. And that's the reason why we have so many religions today. Because the Grecians' theologies run different to each other's. So therefore we cannot base our salvation on their theologies. We must base our salvation on the fact of the word of God this morning. What did Jesus come for? Many people worship Jesus Christ this morning only in vain. They worship him to a point and say, drop it. Come on. They use him to fit their own phil- uh, philosophies,
1: to satisfy their own type of thinking. But that is not salvation. Salvation is, why did he come? What happened when he come? For what purpose did He come? Till the end of this purpose. Where is it established at now? And how do I get in and become a part of it? Hallelujah! I wonder how many of you want to get in it and be a part of it today. Praise God.
0: And so the Hebrew, it is a complete new life. To the Grecian, it's a type of religion. To the Hebrew, it's stop being everything you are and start being everything you never was. And that's the reason why a lot of folks quit coming to this church. Some folks say, why so many people quit coming to this church? They come here, they like the excitement of it. They love the worship of it. They love the power of it. They love everything until they find out they have to whack their life off and begin a brand new one. Amen. And when they find out they have to begin a brand new one, they say, oh, it's too much. I can't let old Sadie go like that. I can't let Aunt Jezebel live like that i got to be under her feet. She wouldn't know what to do without me. I can't dump old grandma and grandma's religion like that. I was raised in Nazarene. I told one of them the other day, I said, You know, you and Paul Waggler were about the two rottenest clowns in town, weren't you? And he just started laughing. I said he got kicked out of the Mennonite church and you got kicked out of the Nazarene church. Both of you doing everything you's both taught against doing. Both of you's having a hard time since you growed up forgiving yourself for it. I said, I will to tell you something. First of all, you ain't never been saved. And before you die, you better get yourself ready. I got two witnesses in here. Brother Wayne Smith and my brother Tom Miller sitting listening to me tell that man he better get himself ready this week before he died. Hallelujah. I'm not cutting no slack. praise God he knows the truth and he knows where the church doors is and he knows where salvation is and when I meet that man in the rapture or in judgment or at the white throne judgment I won't have one drop of his blood on my hands they'll be clean and I didn't do it brutally either I didn't do it ugly and mean, did I, Brother Smith? I don't believe you can do anything ugly, mean, and brutally. Amen. Not and get any salvation done. You do it because you care, you're concerned, you love. Amen. You have compassion for. It hurts to know that man will go to hell. I have told him no more than less than ten times. Man, I wish I could take you to hell before you get there. I said, if I could just take you on one trip before you get there, I'd never have to worry about you going again. Amen. Amen. So you see, it's a complete new life. In this sense, there is no Christian assembly. Now, are you with me? Are you with me? How many of you are with me? So, in this sense, there is no Christian assembly prior to Pentecost. One did not. Exist, So therefore, the New Testament church, or the church of the living God, was born in Acts, the second chapter. These men were not like Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob never lived like these men. In all the good living they had, they never lived like these people. Not like these 120. These 120 were born again. They were the first group of humans on the face of the earth that was born again of the water and of the Spirit. It is the beginning of God's church. Somebody said it's the church of Jesus Christ. Amen. And Jesus Christ is God. Amen. Hallelujah. Praise God. So it is the beginning of God's church. If you have not obeyed Acts 2 1 through 4, you're not in God's church. Before Pentecost, the twelve were comrades devout with Him. They were his friends. They were with him. They were his comrades. They went everywhere he went. They were his servants. They ran his errands. Go down to a certain house, down by the gate, and you find a donkey tied up there. Bring him to me. I'm going to come riding in on that donkey. When he went to meet the woman at the well, he said to them, go into town and get something to eat. Amen. Well, he took care of business at the well. Amen. Praise God. And one time he looked at him and said, go over to the other side of this sea and I'll meet you over on the other side. Don't you know that it kind of, Probably was something to them to know that they could row over to the other side of that sea, and he said he'd meet them on the other side. Of course, he didn't. They didn't realize he had a storm waiting on them out there in the middle, and they wasn't going to get there quite as fast as they thought they was. One reason they disobeyed God—they didn't go when he told them to. They went that evening when the storms come up had they went when he told them to they might not have met that storm amen good lesson for us to go when he speaks not when it's available not at our abiding but to follow him when he speaks amen hallelujah and so he his servants ran messages for him Delivered, But after Pentecost, they're not his servants in that way no more. And they're not his comrades in that way no more. After Pentecost, the vision is not upon them, but the vision is from within them. They struggled at it. They struggled at it. They worked at it. Hey, Jesus, we've been up and down these roads with you. We've been everywhere, Jesus. But you know something you never did? What's that, Philip? You never did show us your daddy. If you'd show us your daddy, that'd sure make us all feel better. You mean to tell me, Philip, that I've been with you all this time, and you don't know who i am he that has seen me has seen my father you know tom you just don't look like him dad's hair never was curly like yours neither was mine fact is you still got some up there I don't believe there's any way that Tom could say, if you've seen me, you've seen my dad. I remember my dad getting pot-bellied one time, but I don't think he ever got as much as I've got. I surely must outweight outweighed him pretty good. I don't know how in the world you could say, hey, you've seen me, you've seen my dad. Oh, I know. A lot of folks look at little old Paul. said, so just looks like your dad growing up over again. He, poor little kid, about swallows his atom apple every time they say that. I feel so sorry for him. He does have a problem because I didn't weigh as much as he does when I was 27 years old. <clears throat> Here he's got. And, uh, I see you laughing too, huh? How in the world can most fellas say you see me, you see my daddy? Can you say it, Brookie? Are you your daddy? Jesus did. He said it. Amen. He absolutely said it. He said, Philip, you mean I've been with you? Now, wait a minute, fella. I mean, you know,
1: we walking around together. You can't get out of this. One. You mean I've been walking around with you? And you've been seeing me? And you don't know who my daddy is?
0: Could be a little bit bothersome, couldn't it?
1: Yeah. What's wrong with you, man? If you've seen me, you've seen my daddy.
0: Can't you just see old Philip shut up his mouth and start scratching his head? I know it's a master. i just best not say nothing else. Hello? What's Well, that's the way folks act today. The so way they act today, they're so spiritual they can't even find out what he's saying. And he did he wasn't bashful about it. He said, "If you see me, you see my father. Amen. Who is Jesus? Who is God? Who is Jesus? Who is God? You believe Jesus is God? Amen. I believe Jesus is God." manifested in the flesh, seen of the angels, preached unto the gentiles, received back in the
1: glory. I believe he was. How's come you believe that? Cuz the Bible said so, and I believe the Bible. I'm so dumb, I even believe it literally. Amen. Amen. Praise
0: the Lord. Hallelujah. You know what? Peter doesn't have the vision upon him anymore. He has the vision in him. Yeah.
1: This is that which was prophesied by the prophet Joe in the last days. He said he's going to pour out his spirit on you. You're going to talk in tongues. You're going to prophesy. You're going to do strange things under the power of God. My God, he got so much of that scripture revealed to him. He said, it is him that David said, shall deliver me from hell. He picked up David when he was in hell and took him home with him. And if he can do that for him, he can do it for you. And them old children- we're getting shook up. They was pricked in the heart. They was convicted. They said, "What do we gotta do? To get his blood off our hands?" Amen.
0: He said, "Repent. You gotta do that first,
1: and be baptized in His name. Take His name on you, and get His spirit in you. That's the foundation." of my ecclesia. That's my
0: church. I'm tell you this for our close this morning. They all could say like Paul, "It's not I that live, but Christ that liveth in me." Paul wrote what? In 1 Colossians? In Colossians 1 and 27, is it? It's Christ in me. Christ in me. Somebody said, You think you got Jesus Christ in you?
1: Mm hmm. What makes you think so? Because he's talking right now. Christ in me, the hope of glory. Hallelujah. Praise God. Praise God.
0: I'm going to tell you this and close. They knew more about Christ one hour after they had been baptized with the Holy Ghost than they knew about Christ all the time they had been with him. It is no small thing that we have been baptized with His Spirit. It is not something that we should take with a grain of salt like too many do. But by the blood of Jesus Christ. Here I stand, made whole by the blood of
1: Jesus Christ.
0: It's just home folks here this morning. I don't know how much that tape's left, and how many of you would like for me to draw you a little picture on that board over there for our close this morning. To try to help your mind to... Get an understanding this morning. I looked this morning in the concordance, and I don't say there isn't, but I say I couldn't find the word Holy Ghost in the Old Testament. For the word Holy Ghost is a New Testament saying, Holy Spirit is though whichever way you want to use it, it is a spirit. But so is God. St. John four and twenty four. God is a spirit, and they that worship God must worship him in spirit and in truth there are a lot of them worshiping Him in spirit but not in truth now here are the Old Testament prophets Kind of looks like Sister Elder early in the morning. (laughs) Prophesy. And this is moving on them. It's moving upon them. And they prophesy... The Old Testament. It's a fact. And you can't get them out of it. Because they're part of the foundation. Fact is they're part of the 4 and 20 elders. There are 12 of them. But. When you see the New Testament written, there is no such thing. I don't know, they probably kind of still dress about, about the same. They didn't change a whole lot till lately. The so fact is, some of them haven't changed yet much. Some of them still kind of look like they got out of bed this morning. and uh, but now this is where God lives at and he's coming up out of here and he's speaking and he's not moving upon them he's moving from within them he abides in them. It's a fact is I'm gonna say this and close. Somebody said, Brother Elder, the Bible said the Holy Ghost moved upon them. God moved upon them by the Holy Ghost, as holy men of old spake. That's true. True. The Spirit was the Holy Ghost. That's what overshadowed Mary and caused her to conceive. But because God moved upon them with the Holy Ghost didn't mean they had the Holy Ghost. They didn't. The Holy Ghost didn't stay there. It didn't abide there. They did not have the Holy Ghost. Today we have the Holy Ghost. Amen. Now. <clears throat> I'll show you how important it is to have the Holy Ghost, So, I wish I could draw a picture of Jesus Christ, but I've never seen him. So I'll draw something like a stick man because I wouldn't want to defame Jesus Christ. I don't know how to draw him. To me, he's too beautiful to try to behold. But he's a coming. The Bible said in great clouds, whoo, Shekinah cloud, whoo, I can't hardly wait.